Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Made it. Welcome in, everybody. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, an opening day Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, myself, we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for being in here and part of the program uh, here today. A little extra jump in our step. On the BMW Des Moines guest list, uh, Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog. Sure, we'll talk a little bit about Bears, but I thought he wrote, a, I love when you come across something, hey, I didn't think of that or mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. Boy, that's a really good point. Jeff Hughes had a really good point yesterday and I wanted to talk to him about it and we'll do so. And it has to do with uh, a pending problem uh, for the NFL and the NFL ticket in particular. Because sports bars, who they make a ton of money off of, they're closed. I mean, bars at a lot of places yes, in the country yeah. are closed, and you know how that works with DirecTV. If you're a bar owner, you can't just buy DirecTV, or you can't buy Sunday ticket like you and I could mm-hmm. for what do we pay? I mean, I don't even remember. It's 400 bucks a year, 300 bucks a yeah, year? Yeah, right in that range. Somewhere in that range. Yep. So it's not like they just write a check and they get, they pay per occupant. It is upwards of, for some bars, Huge. certainly in Des Moines, I've talked to a lot of different bar owners and managers. Ten grand, yes, could be the price came up ten, twelve grand right What's in that range. What's your occupancy? Is is mm-hmm. what they're asked, and whatever their occupancy is, that's how much they pay for Direct TV. It's a huge amount of money when you factor in the entire country. Um, and Jeff Hughes' point was they're they're going to. I mean, that money's not going to be there. Maybe this is the precursor to. I don't know, breaking the agreement with Direct TV, but if there is a year to expand it and not make it an exclusive. To DirecTV on a weekly basis or per game basis, there's a, they're leaving some money on the table. And as smart as the NFL is, with the exception of not putting a force majeure clause in their contract <laughs> with the players, I mean, that's just beyond the pale that they, they wouldn't have that in there. Anyways, uh, so Jeff Hughes is going to join us. So is Bill Bender on college football, Big 12. Uh, they're bound and determined to play 12 games, Trent. And if they don't, it sounds like... A, Nine, a plus one scenario is, is the latest to be floated out there? That's what it's looking like. Uh, some news that just came out across a moment ago. We were talking college football right before in Pac-12. Did you say Stuart Mandel? Stuart Mandel in his piece yesterday said, all right, I'm going to go there for the first time. I don't think Pac-12 is playing this year. A revised Pac-12 schedule featuring a mid-September start and multiple dates for their championship game is being laid out right now. This comes from the Mercury News. A Told you it's a good follow. Yes, absolutely. And your guy, John Wilner, yep. with the piece, looks like they're going to move forward with a 10-game conference-only schedule, something okay. that had been talked about now for the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. But uh, pushing things back until mid-September is when they're going to get mm. started 
Would you anticipate that this is what we're going to see with the Big Ten, something similar? Because when we talked Mm, about the schedule, does it make sense to even open it up even earlier, start that last week in August Mm -hmm. with week zero, and then give more flexibility? Because you do this and what the Pac-12 looks like they're going to be doing, it takes away that flexibility to get those 10 games in. If the game needs to be moved back, whatever it is, you don't have the same amount of bye weeks you'd have if you start earlier on. Uh, it's certainly uh, something you can see. Well, look, California is now worse than New York, right? California has now surpassed uh, New York as far as the number of cases. They keep going up. I think there was over 11,000 yesterday. New York's were down to 700 and change. But uh, California's in trouble right now. Arizona is making their way out of it, but they haven't had a good uh, month of July, but their numbers are going the right way. So that's, I don't know, that's a, a half a dozen um schools in the Pac-12 off the top of my head uh, that play in those two states. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, at least they put something on the table. Mandel didn't think they were going to play because of how bad California was. It's too important for them to just throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're going to see a lot of these models, I think, before they actually have to get to that point. If they have to get to that point, I, I don't think that they're going to. I believe they're going to play uh, Bowlesby wants to play 12 games. If not, it's going to be a plus one scenario. The conference games plus one. The SEC is the conference that's being talked about for that as they're looking to do a plus one model in their own right if they can't pull off uh, their entire schedule. So uh, Iowa State may be hosting an SEC team. Hopefully not Alabama. <laughs> oh, why not? Or LSU. How or... great would that be? Well, not not real good for the uh, for the wins and loss column, uh, but sure. you know it'd be great. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I, w- I would love to see it. But I mean, Alabama doesn't come north of the Mason Dixon line. No, you can't say the, the clones would be going there. Yeah, and, although and, I hope not. Well, and also remember, Iowa State is scheduled for five home conference games this go. year and four on the road. So yep. more than likely, they would they match would it, up it up in a similar fashion. That's a good point, Trey. And uh, the teams that have the five at home, mm-hmm. they would be the ones that are going on the road this year in the Big 12. Yeah, make, makes some sense. So, the, the, I mean, obviously, there are going to be a lot of talk between now and the uh, Labor Day weekend as to how they're going to try and pull this off. And there's going to be a bunch of scenarios that are thrown out there. And uh, it's going to change in a lot of ways, uh, by the, depending on what they tune in to get your information. Uh, so we're going to talk to Bill Bender on college football at 10. 45. He's also, he's in Ohio. I know he did a big piece on Cincinnati and why they can win the uh, Central, and he's absolutely right, and he's close to Cleveland, so I wonder if he's going to be doing any of those stops. Uh, But Trent, uh, as we know, for the first time since we watched Iowa State in the the opening round of the Big 12 tournament, Mm -hmm. then we watched Thursday when you and I were here. Thursday, was it the 12th of March? It was, yep. And we were watching Big East basketball as they tried to continue with their tournament. Iowa was getting ready to play Minnesota. They were on the floor, I think, weren't they? Yeah. Yes. But you and I were watching the Big East. I don't remember. St. John's St. John's was a part of it. I can't remember if it was Xavier that they were playing. Or was it Creighton, maybe? It was Creighton. Yes, it was. It was Creighton. Okay. Everybody is... Canceling their games. Those 11 yep. o'clock games for us here Central Time. Everything was being canceled. Big Ten, done. Iowa was supposed to play at one thirty that day. Yep. And, uh, but some guy, but the media had made their way to yep. the building, and they were watching some of the you know the participants shoot. We we got the halftime surprised that they started the game. Yes, we were because they were the only one. There were the American. Yeah, there were, I mean everybody was pulling the pin. There was eight like conference. Mm-hmm. Tournaments going on at that time, and everybody had pulled the plug yep. except for the Big East. And, so, and I watching. remember getting home 
after the show, say twelve thirty, and we'd watch the we'd watch the first half, and I turn on the television, <laughs> and it's not the teams that I was watching with you here at the shop. It was the replay it of was the St. John's game from the night before that they had won to advance into the quarterfinals. And I started thinking to myself, I was just talking about McDermott's team and doing this, this, and this. <laughs> I didn't realize I was watching a game that would previously been played. I'm thinking, oh my god, I gotta you know take that Montreal cognitive test that I didn't know about until recently. But on, and I'm not making fun of it. Like my mom's full blown; it's awful disease. She doesn't know who I am. It's the saddest thing. Mm-hmm. It's the saddest thing ever, or any of the or of her children. But I started to think, oh my god. Well, anyways, for the first time since then, Trent Condon, you and I will turn on our televisions tonight and watch a live sporting event. I get it. We've watched golf. We've watched UFC. I've watched NASCAR. But I really want to watch nine innings uh-huh. or four quarters or whatever. Uh, three periods in overtime. Bring it on, and we get it tonight. And it's um, an unbelievable pitching matchup. Now, please, weather gods, oh. do not do this to us. Did, have you heard something? No, I didn't even look. Okay. All right. I, re- I started to look this morning, and you know what? I said, I'm not even going to do this to myself. I don't want to see that it's uh, the forecast for Washington is, you know, pissing down rain, and there's no chance of getting this game in. Um, I just I didn't want to allow myself to think that way, but we're going to have it tonight. Are you Googling? Is that what you're doing? I Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find it. Is the game in D.C.? Yeah. It is yeah. in D.C. All right, let's look uh, Washington, D.C. weather and see what we got. 85 degrees right now. Yeah, give me the clouds or the sunshine. All right. Fingers we'll, crossed. We will go hourly. Don't take your hands off the steering wheel, but cross your whatever. Uh, thunderstorms, 5 no, o'clock. Well. Are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm Scattered, scattered storms uh, by eight o'clock. But yeah, earlier five o'clock. What's the percentage chance? Um, doesn't have it here on this one that I'm looking at. But you've got to be kidding me. Doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. Fifty-one percent chance. It's up at sixty-five percent at five o'clock. <laughs> Game starts at six. Well, we might be. The tarp will be down. Uh huh. Cut to the field oh, and. My. Here we go. And we'll have to wait until 9 for San Fran in L.A. And who knows what act of God is going to happen in Los Angeles tonight as the entire sports fan base is on the edge of their seats for this. Well, if you don't get it today, we're going to get it tomorrow. But we're going to be positive about this. Bill Bender coming up at 1045. 11 o'clock, Mark Morehouse will do some some Big Ten uh, with Mark, some Iowa with Mark. uh, And then uh, Mr. Postens, Matt Postens, is going to join us at uh, 1125 on the Big 12. We talked about Bullsby's plan. Um, He's bound to determine to get 12 games in. Fingers crossed that that's exactly what happens. I watched your Twins last night and the Cubs. I thought Lester was better last mm-hmm. night. Um, I hope you, you're not relying on Homer Bailey no. to carry your squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm already not a big fan of the Homer Bailey experience. That was <laughs> yeah. not fun. I got home. It was good for Rizzo and Contreras. Yes, yeah. A couple of home runs for Contreras Ooh. last night. And yeah, his second was a bomb. Did you, uh, did you hear the Cubs players after Rizzo hit that home run? No, I was watching the Twins feed. Oh, okay. It was, uh, you could hear the pop and the excitement coming out of them, mm-hmm. seeing their guy back out there. Rizzo... He's the captain. Yeah, no, he's. I agree with you. Yep, he, he's, he's the, the guy. guy. Yep. He is the face of mm-hmm. that franchise. Mm-hmm. You can argue Chris Bryant, a former MVP, yep. is a better player. You can say you can. You, it's inarguable that Javi Baez is not the most exciting player, right? But the face of the yeah, franchise, the guy that runs everything, the front-facing guy, it is Anthony mm-hmm. Rizzo, and it, it was good to see working with that bulky back. Something that it's been an issue for yeah. him for years. This and goes Trent, back to his days in San Diego. Baseball. Yes, he crushed did. that baseball. 
And uh, did you also see, speaking of baseball, we'll get Nats, Yankees nationally on Fox Saturday. What Fox is doing? Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm anxious to see it because it's weird looking at ballparks with no one in them. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do a virtual experiment. Is that it? Yeah, it is basically taking a virtual, like you said. It looks like video game characters. Okay. That'll be, quote unquote, in the stands. They don't trick it up too much for us old guys. Yeah. I would rather see that, I think, than I would yeah, an empty ballpark. Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. They're also going to be working with the sounds. We've talked about this. Bundesliga over in Germany, they've done that. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the other soccer uh, leagues have followed suit. Sounds pretty good. Does it? Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds that initially it was weird because whoever was doing it, it was just kind of a dry feed. It was just constant chatter. But when a big event was happening, something, uh, they're getting close, and here, here's a cross into the middle. There wasn't the, <sighs> you know, right. you didn't hear that. Yeah. And it sounds like they've gotten a lot better like that. I heard uh, Joe Buck in an interview yesterday, he was talking a little bit about that and said that they've got good. So they're, is Buck and Smoltz, do they have yes, a game on Saturday? They do. Awesome. Uh, he'll be working, Buck will be working from his home in Denver. Well, not yeah. his home. He'll be working from the Fox Studios uh-huh. there in Denver. And Smoltz will be working from the MLB studios in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And they said uh, going forward, who's the sideline guy for uh, Fox, the uh, bow tie? Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Rosenthal. Yeah. He will be at select games, that he will be the so one So he'll that actually be this. I'm glad you brought that I don't that know up. if it'll be Saturday, but throughout the schedule this year, he will go to a few of those games. Gotcha. Um, guys like Joel Goldberg in Kansas mm-hmm. City, Marnie Gellner yes. uh, in, uh, with, with the Twins. I mean, what do they need them for? Right. They're and not going to go over for the Minnesota Lottery r- exactly. scratch or they're, ticket. Yeah, they're not going to find a fan in the stands. They're yeah. not going to show up you know, down by the dugout and they were eavesdropping on something that mm-hmm. happened or somebody came out of the game. I mean, I get it when they're at home. Home, you know when when the twins are at home. Right. I mean, she's got a, a place there, or or Goldberg when the Royals are at home. But it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're not cutting their gigs. Don't well, they're get me wrong. they're going to be hearing more. I mean, they're normally in that well, yes, very close to for the home action. games. I absolutely get yeah. it, but for road games, the twins are on the road last night, and Marnie's working. Well, remember, TV guys aren't going on the road. No, they, they were. They were both in the, at Target Field. Bremer and Justin Marno, who's no better. No, no, he's they, a tough. They listen, they need right? to find somebody they, to fill a in for listen. Bremer. Yeah, yeah. Morneau struggles, and I like Morneau. He's a Canadian, and he's a hell of a player. Jack Morris was a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah. great in the booth. Mm-hmm. Glad I enjoy. Yep. Not his play-by-play when he does that no. in the middle innings when when Provis gets his break, mm-hmm. but now Bert's, Bert's I mean Bert and Bremer are terrific. Yeah, and and Bert, I've I've told you I get a little annoyed with him. Yeah. It seems like at times he mails it in, but maybe he's earned it. Mm-hmm. He can get away with that. But there has not been a suitable replacement for the Twins broadcast. The Cubs broadcast always is outstanding. Yeah, it is. That that is a great mm-hmm. two-man crew. You know, I haven't listened to them yet. You haven't. Uh uh-uh. I listened. You've been White Sox. I've been Benetti I and the Stone White are Sox. Great too. They're really good. And last night I watched. Uh, I, I watched the Twins feed on six sixty eight. The White Sox went from one of the worst booths, and I, I've always enjoyed yeah. Stone. It just Hawk Harrelson. If you're not yeah, a fan of the White he's, Sox, he's a tough listen. I agree. And then you go. But to he Benetti. was their guy, Trent. He they, was. They yep. were loyal, and I understand. Uh huh. Me too. I, I completely get yep. that. But Benetti is a it's pro. So much better. He is outstanding. Him and Stone, the way they play off yep. of each other. There's chemistry there. It's really, really good. You know my affinity for Brian Anderson with the mm-hmm. Brewers, and I watch a lot of Brewers baseball mm-hmm. even when they're not very good. Yeah, I'll watch that feed uh, this weekend at some point yep. as well against the Cubbies. And Car- neither of us are big fans of the Cardinals feed. 
No, but you know who is better and, and grew on me a little bit? Jim Edmonds. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He grew on me a little bit last year. That was not uh, That was uh, a pretty good listen. So, uh, anyways, baseball is back. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. We will have live sports and get tied on, folks, because it, it starts tonight and then baseball and then into NBA and then into NHL and then Hard Knocks is going to be on our TV and football training camps are going to be open and they are going to be open. And college football, you hold your breath because I think that that is the one that is the most in peril, but they are bound and determined to give this every opportunity. And what that means is they are going to take every single precaution they can to get these kids on the field and to keep them healthy because the blowback would be something that they... um, it would be at a magnitude that nobody would seek. It would not be good. It no. would not be good if they are deemed to be using these student athletes as guinea pigs to get out there and fill their bank account. They'll they'll do their best to pull this off. But still, because of the amateur status, that's the one that worries me the most. We will uh, get a state tournament next week. As yeah, the boy, you had set. a hell of a game last oh, night. Yeah. Huh? It was outstanding. Ty Langenberg, who's finishing up his senior year at Urbandale, Part of the state championship teams for the Jayhawks the last two years. Kid that throws it up there in the 90s. Mm. His changeup last night, though, was unreal. Gave up a double in the first inning, and that was it. Jeez. One hit in the ball game. Roosevelt, a really good hitting how many, team. How many were out when he gave up the double? Uh, one out. Okay. One out. So uh, gave up walks. He, in fact, loaded the bases in the third inning, walking a hit batsman. But uh, was able to get out of that jam. But is he that was... the closest Roosevelt score uh, got to putting a run yeah. across? Yep. yep. Outside of that, it was just Langenberg throughout, and he mm. was matched on the other side. Now Foss was really good for Roosevelt. Must have been. He only gave up one. Yeah. yeah. Shut out that really really good lineup for Urbandale too. But great game last night. One nothing. Johnston, the top team, they survived Sioux City East. That survived went late into is the night. The operative word, Trent. <laughs> they were down early in that game. Came back extra innings. They had the lead in the seventh inning. Gave up the lead. It goes to extras. Bases loaded, one out in the ninth. Michael Barda goes with the suicide squeeze to get to the state tournament. Good for him. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's terrific. Uh, so your coverage will start when next week? Well, it depends. The schedules. One uh, A bracket is out. That starts tomorrow with two games, and then two more games on Saturday. It'll be Class Two A on Monday. Any local representation there that might be. get you down there earlier? Than Des Moines next week? Christian and Van Meter both made it in the Two A field. So depending on schedules, might be able to catch uh, one of those two teams in action. Class 3A, we have three local teams. Dallas Center Grimes, who's ranked mm-hmm. in the top five all year. No surprise there. ADM makes it back for the second consecutive year. They will be there. Also, uh, Gilbert made it just to the north of Ames yep. up there. So a lot of local re- representation in central Iowa. And then 4A, the aforementioned Urbandale, back to defend mm-hmm. their two-time title. It will be Ankeny, who's ranked number two. Johnston, who's ranked number one. And Waukee, who is the seventh-ranked team. So we'll see what the brackets look like. Hopefully be able to bring at least a couple of games on Wednesday, semifinal on Friday night, and then the championship mm. game on Saturday evening. And just like that, it's over. Plus, state, state softball, which normally be happening this week, is going on next week. So there'll be a lot of action up in Fort Dodge, too. Oh, I love it. We've got sports back. Yes. Guess what else we've got back? And I didn't want to tell you this. I was going to spring it on you later, but I'll do it right now. Okay. I'm very excited about it. Um. It's been a staple of a show that I've been on for over a decade. Over a decade. And when sports ended, it went on the shelf. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Where am I going? 
You're going out to Altoona. I am going out to Altoona. You're talking about barbecue. I am talking about barbecue. Trent. Yes. And Claxons is back. We're going to give away, give our listeners an opportunity every Friday. We do it. We're grateful to Andy and the crew over at Claxons. Uh, we're going to give you four games. You give us four winners. Sports is back. If you get the, because we'll do baseball this week, but next year, next week, we'll sprinkle in the NBA. We'll sprinkle in the NHL. Um, but Fridays will give you an opportunity to win Claxons Barbecue. We do it every single Friday, and we've done it for over a decade. And thank you, Claxons, for coming back on. When sports came back, Andy said, yep, just let's take a couple of, until we have nothing to, there's no games right. that people pick. So, Call me when sports comes back and um, two enthusiastic thumbs up. In business over 20 years, uh, 3131 8th Street in Altoona. It is just, I'm trying to get my directions, west of the back entrance to Mm -hmm. Prairie Meadows. Made my uh, way back out there a time or two and... Claxons is always a good start. Way to lick your wounds, maybe after a rough night too. Absolutely, uh, Claxons giveaway tomorrow, uh, late in the program. Uh, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog next. Before the show ends, are we going to have some time to pick our team, to pick oh, our divisions? Yeah. We'll, we'll do, do that, that late in the program. Today. Go on record, make our predictions, yeah. our uh, our favorite over under, maybe a division, and you got a World Series picket. You're not going to go chalk Yankees Dodgers, are you? No, I mean I no. You don't like to go chalk. No, I know I'm not going will. Yankees. I don't know how you're going to beat the Dodgers. It's a tall, tall oh hill. Oh, my gosh. It's baseball. It is. And we might have an expanded playoff field. Yeah, how about that at the last second, right? I mean, the, we're 24 hours away from opening night, and Manfred and company decide to get on the phone and reach out to the Players Association, to Tony Clark, and say, you know, it just dawned on us. Maybe we should have negotiated that expanded playoff. It's more money for the players. That's it's exactly more, what it is. A lot more money for the owners. But why didn't they think of that when they were going through this process? It's Manfred and baseball. You know, uh, Cappy was with us yesterday, and I think he's right on the money. If Theo Epstein does want to walk away from baseball running a team day to day, what a great spot for him. Yes. What a great spot for him. We know his love of the game. Oh, and, and his. He would not call the World Series trophy yeah. a hunk of metal. I mean... Uh, as tone deaf what as you're going to find. egregious mistake yeah. that was. Uh, Jeff Hughes next. Do this first. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword FAMILY to 200-200. Right now it's your chance to win $1,000. That's FAMILY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Miller and Condon till noon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're uh, weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. On Sunday, it felt like our next guest, Jeff Hughes, and I were the only ones that saw John Rahm's ball move before that incredible chip in on 16. We immediately took to Twitter and became that guy, but we were right. It did move, and it was penalized. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, uh, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. 
You know, you wrote a piece yesterday at the Bears blog that uh, I, I love when I read something or hear something that, boy, that's a really good point. Um, and your point on what the NFL is facing down the road pursuant to DirecTV and their Sunday ticket and the number, the huge number, revenue-wise, that's generated by sports bars across the country that won't be there this year, uh, that's a, literally a tsunami of money that's not that's going out to sea. Are they aware of this yet, Jeff? I mean, they, you would like to think that they are. I have to assume, guys, that, it's, that at some point someone has got to Roger Goodell and said, we have millions upon millions of our avid followers, of our, the number one consumers of our product, who consume these games in sports bars around the country. And we are facing down a season where the sports bar probably won't exist in half the country mm-hmm. and in most of the cities. And then extrapolate that out. In most cities, getting direct TV into an apartment is almost impossible. Your building has to face south, and most buildings don't allow it. So now you are taking a huge chunk of your fan base and casting them out to sea and, and forcing them now to illegally stream games or to find some app. And, and if anybody who follows golf knows, people want to watch these games either on the big TV at a sports bar or on their TV at home. They do not want to stream these things to an iPad or to a computer. We all have 70-inch TVs now. The reason we have them is to watch sports, is to watch the event uh, on a big screen. I just hope that the NFL has considered this and started reaching out to cable providers to find some sort of a la carte package for just this year. Because the other point I make in the piece is, DirecTV is going to lose a ton of revenue. They charge sports bars out the ear for these packages. They charge thousands to even the small sports bars to have two or three DirecTV satellites. So they're not going to have that revenue coming in. This is an opportunity for the NFL to sort of change their model. They've got some leverage with DirecTV and to get these games onto as many cable providers as possible. You know, in living in the Midwest, as I have my whole life, I I don't even think about big cities and a place where you live in New York, where yeah, people, not everybody has a house. You live in an apartment. You live in, in something like that. And a lot of those places, you can't just put a dish up, depending no. on the way that the apartment sits, things like that. It's not as simple as, well, if, if you're mad about it, just get DirecTV and get the Sunday ticket. For some people, it's impossible to do that. We, we have apartment buildings in New York City that have several hundred apartments. Now, imagine if every apartment in that building said, we're going to get direct TV. Where are you putting 200 satellites? So these buildings actually have rules that say you can't have satellite television. You also have the problem of these satellites have to face south. And, and if you don't have a building that has that availability, you don't put these in the fronts of buildings. So the rear of your building has to face south. Well, we have row apartments. So there's these so many places in cities where direct TV is simply not an option. A satellite dish is not an option. And I hope the NFL thinks about it because you're going to, I can tell you right now, there are seven or eight big Chicago Bears bars in New York alone. I've been going to one for 20 years. There are ones with hundreds of fans in them. If you take all those fans and, again, cast them out to sea, the reckoning for the NFL will be painful. They've got to be thinking about this, and they've got to be thinking about it right now because the season's what? Six weeks away, mm-hmm. they've got to get a game plan together. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, in in your scenario that you put out there, the um, the a la carte, if you will, the you can buy your bears. We'll use the bears example for for you on a on a week by week basis, or could you buy? I think the NHL allows you to buy 
just the team that you want to follow out of market team? Uh, what, what do you think would be the uh, the best path forward for the NFL? If they listen to Jeff Hughes, what would you what would you tell them? I would go to every cable provider tomorrow. I would say you're going to offer DirecTV Sunday Ticket as a pay per view service. Either the either the uh, subscriber will pay one fee and they'll have access to every game. They'll just have a set of channels that have every game. They can pay a separate fee, and they have access to one team's games, or a la carte each week. You want to buy a game, it's five ninety nine. You are going to open, and by the way, this would open up revenue streams that they would never close. Then right. take that fee to get the cable provider interested, cut that in half and say, listen, this is still DirecTV's package. They still pay us the big money for it. So half of what you receive here is going to DirecTV. Now the cable provider wins, DirecTV is at least made somewhat whole, and more fans come to the games. I've been arguing this even before this season started. This is how the NFL should be operating now because we are in a place where the sports bar has sort of changed. And, and a lot of bars, at least that I know, have actually stopped paying for Sunday ticket because they don't have as many fans in the bars anymore. This is an opportunity to get this thing in everybody's house, in every household in the country, and I think it'd be a windfall of money. And listen, eventually the DirecTV contract is going to become so antiquated they're going to have to move on. But right now, for this year, as strange a year as this is, Get the games into everybody's house. Yeah, and I'm with you. I don't want to watch a game on my phone. Right. I want to watch no. it on my 70-inch TV. Yeah. That's why we, we all paid the money. You know, yep. I, when I had to stream golf on my iPad, I said, well, I'm not doing this anymore. So I got to get the PGA Tour live on the Roku so I can watch it on the TV. If it's a little fuzzy, I don't care. I have that TV to watch sports, mm-hmm. and that's where I want to watch sports. Let's get into the Bears as we're talking with Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog. And no preseason games in the NFL this year as that's being handed down and, and worked through. Nagy's not a guy that uses the preseason games a whole lot here. How big of an impact is it for the Bears in your mind? I think it's a huge impact this year because I think Nagy was going to use the preseason games to choose his quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least use the preseason games to rationalize his choice for the quarterback. And... Now it's going to be a practice contest. And I don't know how you judge Mitch Trubisky because he's been generally good in practice. So if he goes out there and he has good practices, there's a chance now that he could be the opening day starter when I didn't think there was any chance of that two, three months ago. Uh, I think Foles is the better player. I think Foles is the better choice. Maybe Trubisky blows up in practices, but I'm not even quite sure what that means. Uh, If he studies, if he shows up, if he works hard, if he leads – I actually think no preseason games now. It leans towards a Trubisky starting the opener. He'll have a very short lease. They will pull him, I think, in, in that game against Detroit if they have to and put Foles in. But I would be surprised now if Trubisky can't hold the starting job with no auditions coming this summer. Hmm. Have you heard what uh, how the Bears are going to handle things? I know that the Players Association the NFL are going to dictate a lot. Do you know what that's going to look like yet? I know some teams are getting their rookies into camp. We're seeing a glut of contracts be signed here at the last minute because they are going forward full speed ahead. It's going to happen with the exception of no preseason, but the season is going forward. When do the Bears see their rookies and their vets? Do you know, Jeff? Well, the rookies are there, and the rookies have all signed. They sort of, it's this strange thing happening where the rookies are all signing at once. And so they signed all their rookies this, uh, this week. Uh, the rookies are there now. I believe the rookies will start, and the and camp will start as, I'm going to say the word normal, although none of us know what that is anymore, uh, will start as normal. And I believe it's set to start in about 10 days. 
uh, or maybe it's the 28th. I can't remember the actual date. And listen, it's going to be very different because you're going to have guys testing positive on all of these teams. And so they're going to be limited as to how many group activities they can have. They're going to be limited as to how many indoor meetings they can have. I don't think you're going to see the contact that we've seen in the past. And what happens if one of these – this is what I keep coming back to. What happens if your d- defensive line room gets this virus? Mm-hmm. What happens if two or three guys get this virus, and now they've got to go quarantine for two weeks? Camp's not that long. So are you going to be able to survive – a position group not practicing for two weeks of camp. I know that everybody's very excited. I'm very excited. We all want the NFL season to happen and start on time. There are still a lot of question marks as to how a team is going to address these situations this summer. And I'm, I'm just, I am, I would be very concerned if I were an NFL team and all of a sudden a couple of players test positive because the trickle down of that could end up costing you most of the summer for any continuity. One last thing on the football field, as long as we get football this year, and deals with a, a guy from here in Iowa, Iowa State former running back David Montgomery. His rookie year, certainly uneven. He is beloved in the Iowa State community, what he did not just on the field but also off the field. But it wasn't a great rookie year for him. Your anticipation, what year two is going to look like, and I know uh, you had a piece up talking about what Lewis Riddick said on Waddle and Sylvie over at ESPN in Chicago, talking about Nagy returning to his roots and running the football a whole lot more. I think that's going to happen. That was a piece by Andrew Danahy. He was a terrific writer for us uh, at the Bears blog, and a couple of decisions have led me to believe this as well. They went and signed uh, a Fady to come in and play. He's a run guy. He's a run blocker. He's not a pass-blocking guy. Juan Castillo is a toughness run game. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of offensive line coach he is. And Nagy realizes they're not going to be a, an offense that wins because of the quarterback. Whether that's Trubisky, whether that's Foles, they're not going to be a five, a 5,500-yard passing offense. They need to be a tough downhill run game. And they've got Montgomery, and he's the kind of player to do it. I expect them to, to be a full commitment to the run game. And I know from people in that building that Montgomery was disappointed in last year. They were disappointed in last year. And they have to do better for him. And they will. And I think I would be surprised if he doesn't have a terrific second year. I would be as well. I know he tweeted that uh, something earlier in the week uh, that you, you could tell that he was frustrated with his uh, rookie year. And he's promising that uh, this is going to be different. Jeff, great piece at thebearsblog.com on the uh, pending uh, DirecTV, uh, the Sunday ticket, and the fact that the NFL hopefully is aware. But he would have thought they would have put force majeure in their contract with the players. And they didn't, which is just head scratching. Good to talk to Jeff Hughes. Can't wait to do it again. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. Bill Bender, Sporting News, uh, joins us next. The Pac-12 making some moves. Big 12 is full steam ahead, according to Bob Bowlesby. Boy, I hope he's right. I'm a big Bob Bowlesby fan as of late. (laughs) Go, Bob, go. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Get hope. Hopelawfirm.com. Just past uh, 1045, it's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. 
FM as we take you up until noon. Just before noon, Trent and I will go on record as our division winners. Won't take long in a couple of them, particularly the NL West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can just skip right through that one, right past that one. Bill Bender's been moonlighting a little bit as well as his college football writing duties. He's been chronicling MLB. He's like Cincinnati is one of those sleeper teams. Bill, you're not alone. Uh, and this team, I don't think you can classify them as sleepers anymore. You could have... You know, a couple of months ago when we were trying to find that other team, but I can't believe the number of folks uh, that have joined me and a number of people on that Reds bandwagon. I, I think that they can win the division, Bill Bender, and you pointed it out. Mustakas, Castellanos, Miley, Akayama, the outfielder from Japan who's a hitting machine. Lots of reasons to like the Reds, including the rotation. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Yeah, I think they've, they've certainly got a team that, that's looking like they want it to be their turn. Um, they spent well. You never know in a sixty-game season. That's what I'm curious about is how how which team will react favorably to it. And I think, and we've talked about how you've got to get off to a fast start in recent seasons. Well, none more than this one. So yeah. I'm excited uh, that we have baseball. I mean, as you guys know, you don't breeze through the West too too fast. My Padres might have a chance there. Okay. Well, I've been picking them for, for years. I, this is the first time I'm off the bandwagon. Like, I hope that somebody challenges the Dodgers. I want it to be competitive. We'll see. And as you said, 60 games, you just you just never know. If somebody stumbles out of the gate, uh, it's uh, it's going to be difficult to make up that ground. Uh, Bill, let's get to college football. The Pac-12, look, they were rumored to be going conference only. It was seemingly uh, made official to, uh, today, the Mercury News. Uh, I wrote the story. Uh, John, I want to give him credit. John Wilner is his name. Uh, he's a good follow on college football, particularly the Pac-12. They're going conference only by the sounds of things, uh, which makes sense. But the news that came out of that story today is it looks as though they're going to back up until at least the third week in September with a lot of flexibility as to when they'll hold their championship. I got to think that a lot of conferences are probably going down that path. They just haven't announced it yet. How about you? Yeah, I think everybody's planning, and that's kind of what we talked about last week. And not to say I told you so. Uh, my wife hates it when I do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, first week of October makes sense to me for a lot of these schools. Um, and I, we still continue to work our way up. I saw the NCAC. It's a Division three conference here in Ohio. PA, that area, they, they canceled. I would anticipate that we won't see much D3 or D2 or even some FCS football, but um, – uh, you know, with, with the Power Five, they, they seemingly have plans in place, and that's a good thing because if we can get through this big spike, maybe we'll have a chance. A couple of weeks ago when the Big Ten made their announcement, there was the other four major conferences. It sounded like there was some concerned people, a little bit surprised that it came out as quickly as it did from the Big, 12, Big Ten, and then the Pac-12 followed suit. How close is this coalition? When you talk about the, the conferences at the power level, if another major decision is made, how much communication is happening between the ADs and, of course, the commissioners at the top of these conferences? I'm sure. I mean, the ACC and SEC in particular, it sounds like they're kind of trying to work on a plus-one model, which I also think makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense for a lot of people because um, you can preserve some of those rivalries. I mean, unfortunately for you guys, I don't think – we're going to get Iowa, Iowa State. You do get Clemson, South Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, Florida, Florida State. Um, and it makes sense. Again, it's just we've got to adjust our expectations for what's normal. 
we've got to adjust our expectations for what they're going to do and and then we go from there. Uh, Bob Bowlesby sounds like he's look by his own admission there, and you just said it. There's a lot of plans being put out there. It sounds as though to me, Bill, that the two, uh, maybe three, maybe the ACC deserves uh, on this list as well. The ACC, the Big Twelve, and the SEC seem to be pushing ahead uh, with business as usual, that they're going to play the whole schedule. They're going to play 12 games. Obviously, some of those games won't be played. Uh, you know, the, the Lambeau game, the game, the Wisconsin game, not going to happen. But they do, all three of those conferences, do you get the opinion that they're pushing hard to get those 12 games in? I think they are, but I still think they depend more realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I can't at Ohio State, for example, is supposed to start fall camp on August 7th. If that can't be done, or what if they have to shut it down a weekend? I think it's best to do everything as safely as possible. I mean, August 7th to September 5th, yeah, it's about four to six weeks. So if you can get that window in there and get those practices in, then yeah, we could go. But I don't think you can really talk seriously about that until we're actually clear of some of these COVID numbers. And to my knowledge, I mean, just reading the stories I'm reading, we, we still got a ways to go there. Yeah. I'm not a fear monger either. I'm just saying that these are what the numbers are. No, the numbers went up again for, mm-hmm. I mean, over a thousand deaths for the second day in a row. And the caseload keeps going up, pushing over 70,000. I'm with you, but here's my sense, Bill. I, maybe, maybe I'm dead wrong. I, I think that the majority of the country is, is now on board with, you know what? I'm going to wear this face mask. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what we can because we're back in a... I don't even know if we got through the first wave, but the second wave is clearly here. The hospitals, at least in some of the states that are severely stricken, capacity uh, is, is through the roof. I, I think that finally, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being unrealistic, unre- but I get the sense that message has been received. It took a while, but I think the message has been received. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the face coverings is a huge thing. I mean, we, we've we done that. I mean, I've told you guys all along about this baseball league we've had our final weeks this week, and we've been able to get through it. And It's been some interesting challenges. Like, for one, I can tell you, and this is something that you wonder if this happens in college football. I'll give you an example. Uh, we had a kid go on vacation in Florida last week, so we can't, put, we can't use him Saturday mm. um, because the governor here – just made a corn, you know, mm-hmm. go to Florida or South Carolina or wherever you got to quarantine yourself for 14 days. So it really is some crazy things we've had to do. And I have some friends who've had to do that as well. That's 14 a- days, 10 days. What, how long? I think it's 10 or 14, but yeah, we can't, you know, and that's one of our better second basements. So we're kind of <laughs> like, uh, yeah. got to move some guys around now, but that's okay. That at least they got to play. That's well, over here, we were thinking about going over to Chicago. You can get there, but you got to stay in your room for 14 days. Right, yeah, yeah. What's the point? Yeah, we're, we're crossed off here in Iowa to make our way to Chicago. Hey, Bill, uh, this one made my eyes perk up a little bit. The Pittsburgh Athletic Director tells the Senate... Yeah, what is going on there? ...that uh, uh, opposition on gambling in college sports, she's making it very well known that does not want Pittsburgh games to be on the board here. I'm a gambler. I'm fine here in the state of Iowa, but this seems like could be something pretty wide-ranging. Fill us in what you know on uh, on the Pitt AD and, and what they're trying to do with the ACC, getting these games off the board. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know about that. I have to do some more research, but obviously probably trying to fight to preserve some things. But, I mean, 
if we're being honest, betting and gambling and parlays and cards and pools, that, that's all part of college football. Absolutely. Well, we miss it. I miss it. Um, if I told you, you know, I don't, I always tell people, yeah, I do some, some little things, but nothing that would like compromise my job. But, you know, you do a pool with your buddies and those kind of things. And the bull pools, I don't think it matters how much information you have. You're still going to lose a bunch <laughs> of those anyway. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Bill Bender. Hey, you guys are the best. Thanks for having me on. Good Appreciate to talk it. to you. Bill Bender uh, from the Sporting News. You know, back to the uh, the Pittsburgh AD. I, mm-hmm. I saw that yesterday, Trent. It just makes me just shake my head. I mean, if, if you take it off the board here, where are people going to go? Going to go offshore. Mm-hmm. People are going to bet. Yes. People are going to bet. It's been happening for Forever. decades upon decades. There are more offshore entities now. They've taken a hit. Yes, they have. They've taken a significant hit. But what, my good God, what does she think that if she doesn't allow that that everything's going to be, that no one's going to bet on, on the ACC? Of course they will. This is a quote from her. The reality is you can't absolve people from financial temptation, but it may lessen it a bit. Will it? I bet the NFL. Right, right. You want to bet? You're going to bet. Yes. You're going to bet on the Big Ten. You're, you're going to bet find on the a way Big... to bet. You're going to bet on the other games uh-huh. that are out there, even if you can't bet on the conference that you, you follow. Go, the you'll go back into the alley. You'll take the transparency, mm-hmm. which is a huge, huge factor in the plus side as far as legalized wagering. You this know what's grandstanding. going on. I don't know. I hope that's yeah. what it is, Trent. Honestly, of the two, right. I mean, if she's just that naive. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, Mark Morehouse is coming up. We will speak with Mark Morehouse on Iowa and the Big Ten overall. Uh, Kevin Warren and company, I guess they're putting together a schedule, right? We would think that we should have that. Well, remember two weeks ago when they came out with the announcement of the conference? Now, they never said 10 games. That was something that was reported by other entities. So it was nothing that officially came from the Big Ten. So there was no add-on, really? Right, right. So because of that... Maybe it's pushed back, but it sounded like initially we were going to have it. Warren said we he anticipated they'd have mm-hmm. the schedule out by the following week. Well, we're mm-hmm. two weeks later. Mm-hmm. In fact, two weeks today, right? Yeah. When that first came out, it was. it was on a Thursday. So we're here two weeks later, still nothing. Are they still figuring out? Does ten make sense? When to start it? As we find out with the Pac-12 today, going mid-September, does Iowa have a game the first week in September? Give you even odds, <sighs> minus one ten on both sides. Does I? No, no. Wow. All I right. think that uh, I think they're going to push back as well, and I think maybe the fact that um, you and I might have more of a beef if they play, or uh-huh. those schools that had scheduled games that were canceled. Well, how can you? You can't play us, but you can play them. Uh, write us the check. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of factors, obviously, that go into it. Safety being first and foremost, or so you would hope. And I truly believe that that is the case. Uh, I don't know, Trent. Uh, does Iowa have a game week one? Does Iowa State? Yes. Yes, I'm with you. Is it South Dakota? No. It's Alabama. It's just, uh, I think that <laughs> they're, they're going out to Brian Denny. They're going on the road in the SEC in week number one. I think that's going to be... Realistically, and we're having fun here with the Alabama yep. thing. Who would be a a potential matchup that might make sense? A Tennessee? Yeah. Because you take yeah. off you take off Florida because mm-hmm. they already have the rival game. Georgia, they have the rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Kentucky. Tennessee doesn't have one of those. That one certainly could make sense. Mm-hmm. Playing down there at Neyland. Yo, wouldn't that be you something? You can still tailgate on the boat. Wouldn't that be something? 
you know who you know who makes the most sense probably Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Get the telephone trophy out one more time. Oh, I forgot about the telephone trophy. Love the telephone yeah, trophy. Get the telephone. A and M. Yeah. Yep. That's an easy one. Mm-hmm. When the, when they make Texas A and M Texas though. Yeah. No, they would. If they would they be forced though? Would they go yes. for that? You know what? Oh, that let's would hope be that's the case. Yeah, that would give that, the power to Sankey and Bullsby. Wouldn't that be Here something? you go. Nobody in the stands. If they don't want to play, we're going to force you to play. Yes. Uh, Mark Morehouse joins us to start hour number two. Next Miller and Condon until noon, 1460, 106.3 FM.